Welcome to the 904 Together podcast. I'm Tom Patton. No one would dispute that it's a challenging time to be in business. And on this podcast series, we're talking to a variety of business owners across the 904 area code about how they're facing the challenges of COVID-19 and how they plan to move forward. And my guest today is Jason Johnson. Jason is the owner of Marlin Consulting Solutions. Jason, thanks for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me, Tom. Really appreciate you. And uh, I will say kind of in the spirit of full disclosure, I've gotten to know Jason through a uh, another virtual networking group that is these things are popping up all over Facebook. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a few minutes, Jason, because I'd like to have an opportunity for you to tell folks about your virtual networking group. But first of all, let's talk about your business and what is Marlin Consulting Solutions? So Marlin Consulting Solutions is a digital agency that I started about 10 years ago. Uh, and what we do is we help uh, businesses uh, win more clients, get more leads online through effective search engine marketing. So we're an SEO company. And uh, what SEO is, is search engine optimization. And what we basically do is we help uh, our clients position themselves for the ever so coveted number one spot in the Google search results. So in a nutshell, that's what we do. That is a coveted spot. I know it's challenging to to get people up to when someone types in a search term that theirs is the first business that comes up. And we could probably talk for a full hour about search engine optimization, but that's not the purpose of why, why we're here. But Jason, what changes have you had to make to deal with this safer at home order that we're all under, at least for the time being? I know this is Wednesday as we record this. Um, I think that Governor DeSantis is planning to make some kind of an announcement today about maybe loosening the restrictions, but how have you dealt with people being at home way more than they've been out at their businesses? So for us, ironically, it was not a big shift. Uh, probably about this point, five years ago, uh, we started implementing uh, policies that created the flexibility for my employees to be able to work from home. Uh, work from the beach, work from just about anywhere uh, they pleased, as long as, you know, they met some basic criteria, right? They had to be productive. Um, it had to be a space where they could work for clients, with clients, et cetera, and, and not be a distraction. Most of what we do is online, um, you know, like 99.9% .9 of it. So the truth is, once we check into the internet, the the fact is we're actually in the office and working, right? That's what we need in order to do our jobs. So for us, the ability to uh, to pivot to 100% remote uh, had existed for a while, and we've, we've kind of done that uh, on and off of various periods. And at this point, we just committed to it. <clears throat> so one of the things I've seen that's been kind of different was, while I had the benefit of having done this for a while, a lot of businesses kind of had no idea, right? How do we work remote? Is it possible? I had clients calling with, with various concerns. Uh, their number one concern was, you know, I, I trust my employees, but, um, you know, I believe in trust, but verify. How do I know they're actually working if they're home? Right. You know, are they, are they just pretending to be working or are they actually working? So uh, what I did was I shared some of the tools we use internally to help track that. Um, we use a software called Hubstaff. Um, and Hubstaff basically is a time tracking 
and task tracking platform that uh, we use to um, kind of check in. It also acts as timesheets. Uh, what it does for me as a business owner and as a uh, the, as a manager is it also captures screenshots every five minutes and tracks keyboard activity levels. So we know if somebody's actually at their keyboard or if they're not at their keyboard, and more importantly, what they're working on. Um, that being said, though, trust goes a long ways. So um, it's not like I'm sitting there every day, you know, just looking at screenshots of pair in a dashboard. Uh, otherwise, I would never get anything done. Um, but it, it is that safety net, right? That if something's ever called into question and I, in either direction, uh, it, it's something that we can easily go back and review. And in the case of my employees, it's something we go back and review together. Um, one of the other tools I shared is Asana, um, and that's spelled A-S-A-N-A.com. And that's a project management uh, platform. And what that allows uh, us to do and, and what I shared with clients is it allows you to kind of set up uh, processes and systems that uh, kind of lets everybody know what they need to do. You can assign tasks to people and you can assign deadlines uh, and whatnot. And then you can communicate within the platforms as you're working through something. So that way it, it also creates that framework so that people can see what needs to be done, see where they're participating and, you know, participate accordingly, checking off boxes as they need to when stuff's accomplished or potentially asking questions, or in some instances, uh, what we have is I have a client where tasks constantly switch hands. They're moving right. from one one side of the virtual room to the next as work's getting done. So this allows the their team to you know jump in and do their part, and then hand it back over and say, "Hey, team member, you need to jump in, finish your piece." So that part goes back and forth. And um, you know those those two tools have proven to be very useful to to my clients. And it, it's something that uh, several were grateful for because now they felt like they had the confidence in order to, uh, to get the work done. So I assume you do have a brick and mortar office. Our office is actually in downtown Jack's. So um, right on river place Boulevard, beautiful view to river. Right. <clears throat> so that, that part's awesome. Um, but you know, the, the truth is in this day and age, and uh, I joked about it at our last virtual meeting, uh, with doing all these virtual uh, conferences and video conferences. And I had one client comment on how nice it was and how efficient it was. He didn't have to drive and find parking and pay for parking and all the rest of this. And, and, I, and I chuckled with him and I said, yeah, see, it only took a global pandemic for you to realize I've been right for like five years. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things where uh, to borrow a, a phrase I heard, uh, we've been uh, you know, we've been forced into this time of, of compressed adaptation. And, you know, I think there's some things people are really digging about it. When when you talk to your clients, what are their primary concerns about this entire pandemic? Um, so it, it really varies. And I think it varies based on which hat my client's wearing at the time, right? If it's a management hat, we kind of talked about that briefly. Concerns about employee productivity, concerns about management oversight. That was one hat. The other hat was, was uh, you know, organization and systemization of their processes where, you know, in one example, somebody had a whiteboard they used to work off of, right? But if nobody's in the office and nobody can see the whiteboard, yeah. you know, it's all kind of changed. So what's an effective way that I can create, you know, a whiteboard everybody can work off of? Um, and a great tool for that, if anybody's looking for one, is called Trello. Trello is a fantastic tool for those kind of things. But 
so that was one part. And then the other part too is, you know, how do I gain more business? Clients aren't driving around. Clients aren't uh, showing up at my shop. You know, what can I do to, uh, to drive more business? In the cases of clients that are restaurants, you know, they had to, uh, you know, update their menu and make some changes. They had to pivot from dine-in to takeout and curbside only. But then they also had to notify their clients of how to do business with them, right? You know, what do you want us to do? Is it, you know, come knock on the door? Is it drive up in the parking lot and we'll call you? You know, so there were there were different challenges that different clients faced along those routes. And, and we tried to be that resource to help them solve those problems. So how are you, Jason, anticipating that your business is going to change as the city and state begin to ease these restrictions? Do you do you feel like a lot of this that you've put in place during the safer at home period will carry through as to your business going forward? Uh, I, I think that. Overall, I mean, for us, our changes are going to be a lot smaller than some other businesses. Um, like I said, we implemented a you know work from home deal a long time ago, and we just went to a hundred percent work from home. So, you know, overall, the productivity hasn't dropped off. It's been a great experiment in terms of of being able to kind of dive in and dial into you know what hundred percent remote looks like, and you know that part's fine. I still see the value of a brick and mortar. Um, location so that won't change uh but you know it's it's good to have that flexibility and it's a, an added perk and i think as people have learned to do it um it, it'll it'll have a longer lasting effect um as far as as far as business goes i think it's a matter of <clears throat> coming through this and removing some uncertainty and then at that point i expect we'll see an increase in business simply because people have been forced to pay more attention to their online presence. And I know like some of my clients have found their online presence wanting and we've tried our best to help them, you know, within the confines of what we can do. Uh, sometimes it's been pro bono work. Sometimes it's been deeply discounted work to try and help where we can. Right. Um, but, you know, I have staff to pay and keep employed as well. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but they, they've kind of realized that, you know, their online presence is just as important as their brick and mortar presence. And, you know, they need to have that equally sophisticated, equally pleasant customer journey online that they do in, you know, in, in the, in the real world. And, uh, you know, I think those things will become more important and they'll, they will continue to be highlighted. And I think we'll see an increase. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you've also established a Facebook group that's designed for networking uh, since we all can't get together right now. And I know networking was kind of a big part of of my marketing strategy as well, just getting out and meeting people. And since I've worked from home pretty much for the last 10 years, it was kind of my social life as well. It's when I got to get out and, and see people. So how has that worked, the the virtual networking group, and, and how has it grown? So virtual networking group was just kind of a spur to moment, like experiment that I decided to run just to kind of see uh, it initially if people would show up. So, you know, we were like, all right, let's see how this would work. Right. I mean, normally to your point, right. There's the socialization aspect, or as another friend refers to it, there's the breaking bread aspect of it. So, you know, those are important aspects of it. So what happens if you remove all that and it's just like, you know, another zoom meeting. So, we, we tried a couple of them. Uh, we did actually four of them before we created a, a regular schedule. And so far it's worked out really well. Um, people like it. 
uh, we're able to do some cool stuff that uh, isn't exactly possible in um, in real life networking. And I feel like one of the, the peripheral unseen benefits is uh, how we run the meeting, which is uh, everybody gets an opportunity to do their, their sales manager minute or elevator pitch or initial introduction. Uh, pick the flavor of peanut butter you prefer. Um, and we may not be in elevators it. again for a long time together. Exactly. <laughs> uh, everybody's going to take the stairs. But the, the 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 cool part about it is is you know you to me you almost get more attention because everybody else is muted mm-hmm. and the the window you're looking into the networking meeting you know in your attendance your virtual little hey I'm over here window. Uh, kind of frames the guests and attendees in a in a really cool way and kind of forces a little bit more attention because it becomes painfully obvious if somebody's like staring down at their phone or if they're not paying attention like you can <laughs> you can tell and unlike a room where you typically will pick a focal point and then kind of do your conversation here you're looking at a collage of people and you can tell really quickly when somebody's not paying attention mm-hmm. um, the other cool thing we've done is uh, we've kind of set up a, a Google sheet um, which is essentially a spreadsheet online where everybody adds their information, their contact information. So it becomes this really cool reference point that people can go back to after um, and they can get the contact information. They can read up on the description that somebody's had. And, you know, I encourage people to, you know, reach out and work directly. Right. I mean, let's sure the, the whole purpose of networking is getting together and getting things done. And uh, we've tried to facilitate that with technology. But um, as far as I've heard and the feedback I've gotten, you know, referrals are being passed and business is being done. And there've been some really solid connections that have been made. Well, and it's also about building relationships, which is one of the things that networking is, is best for is to just make sure that people when, when they need a service or something done for them, that's your top of mind. And that's, I think part of what this has been, has been uh, a really good way for people to do that. Now, now, Jason, do you think that this kind of virtual networking will become more prevalent even when this pandemic is in our wake? I don't know about more prevalent. Um, That's a tough call. But I do think that virtual networking might be here to stay uh, simply because uh, with two reasons. One is the, the sheer convenience of it, right? I mean, let's be honest, virtual networking, you know, you kind of roll out of of base camp sleep, you know, you, you commute your way to the coffee machine and hopefully if there's no accidents between the coffee machine and your, and your digital workspace, uh, you'll be fine. And, you know, action news Jax doesn't really report on those accidents because they're usually not bad. And, uh, <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, you know, hopefully none have ever included a fatality. So, <clears throat> you know, they, it's, it, it's, it's just super convenient. Right. And it's, it's a compressed time frame where, you don't have the commutes on the front end. You don't have the commutes on the back end. You know, th- there's none of those. Uh, there's none of those peripheral uh, burdens that get built into it. So I, I think it'll be here to stay. The question of how popular it is will will come down to uh, I think the effectiveness of the individual networkers. Mm-hmm. But I mean that holds true in 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 person networking as well. Yeah, there's going to be a backup at the kitchen sink because of the furry speed bump. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah. Furry, furry speed bump got a flat tire in the right lane, and I had to go around the dining table in order That's to. That's right. Uh, and then there's the onlooker. Then there are the onlooker delays in the other lane. <laughs> always. Always. So, Jason, 
do you feel like your business is going to be changed in any substantive way by this period in our history? And and by that, you've already addressed that a little bit, but by that, I, I kind of mean the way you interact with clients, how your clients interact with you, what your clients come to you looking for. Is, is this a sea change in the way we all do business? I think at some levels, um, what this pandemic has done is really highlight the difference in company culture and behavior. And I think that's probably going to be the biggest individual differentiator for people, right? So uh, what I mean by that, right? So the restaurants, for example, that, that took the time to really figure out an efficient process to respect the fact that people are you know, supporting them, ordering takeout and having an efficient process, right? Versus the restaurants that are just like mass chaos and people go to the door and like, it's this just, it's just like a mess. Um, the, the, the way people have dealt with, you know, clients asking for reductions or pauses in their billing so mm-hmm. that they can kind of get through this as well. Um, you know, I, I think that it's, it's shown a bright light on, in some instances, uh, you know, the character of how people do business. And I think that will also be a determinant factor going forward. You know, the businesses that stepped up, tried to understand <clears throat> as best they could and, you know, do what they could to help others, I think will weather the storm a lot better than the people who decided to just, you know, tuck their head between their shoulders and try and power through and, you know, weren't, weren't necessarily um, trying to do the right thing by their customers. And by that statement, I, I also include big brands, small businesses, medium-sized businesses, uh, everybody. So if people here in the 904 would like to find your virtual networking group on Facebook, how would they do that? So what we did recently was uh, we actually added a short code to it. And I just need a second, Tom, to look it up. It'd be Facebook slash groups. Uh, <coughs> if it, if Facebook plays nice with me, uh, Facebook slash groups slash get referrals is what I believe it is, but um, it's actually still showing me the number. <laughs> okay. uh, that I swear I had set yesterday. It could just be a refresh thing. Yeah. Um, but, but that's basically the best way. If you search uh, virtual networkers in Facebook, you should do it. Oh, I stand corrected. It is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash get referrals online. All right. Well, if you'll send that to me in an email or a text, I'll make sure that gets posted uh, when I post this blog over on Anchor. We'll make sure that information is able to get out. Perfect. All right, Jason, anything else come to mind uh, just right off the top of your head? No, uh, I think the virtual networkers is a great, uh, is a great place to kind of jump in and, you know, you can ask questions and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, if anybody would like to find me personally or my company, uh, our website is marlincs.com. Uh, and you can find us online there. And uh, if you, uh, if anyone listening is interested in some of the stuff I spoke about, including, uh, but not limited to, um, you know, trying to understand their customer journeys online. And if there's any room for improvement uh, on our website right now, uh, we typically charge for an in-depth audit, but we're doing them at no cost to kind of help people build a, uh, an action plan for themselves whenever they want to execute on it. So on the homepage, uh, 
you can get a, a no cost audit of your website. It's pretty detailed. It's like 14 to 17 pages. My team usually turns them around in like a day or two. And uh, even if you never did business with us, that's okay. You at least have a starting point and a place to, um, to kind of start putting together a plan on what you'd want to change, fix, edit, or improve. All right. We'll pass along that uh, company URL to me as well, and I'll make sure that gets posted as well. I will get both of those over to you uh, right away, Tom. All right. Thanks very much, Jason. Uh, we really appreciate your time, and uh, let's go out and make some money. Perfect. Oh. Tom, you're awesome. Thank you for the invite, and I really appreciate being your guest. All right. Well, I appreciate your being my guest, Jason. Thanks so much. If you would like to be a part of this podcast, drop me an email. I'm tcpatton813 at gmail.com. This podcast is supported in part by listeners like you. Visit the homepage on anchor.fm to learn how you can support the program. We'll be posting new podcasts each Monday and Thursday, so I hope you'll join us again next time. You can also get previous podcasts at the Anchor FM homepage. For now, and especially now, remember to find the opportunity in every challenge. I'm Tom Patton.